everybody. This is Stephanie Ruper. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Naked Humanity podcast, where we take a deep dive into the biggest questions humanity faces. Today is episode number 49X, and I am addressing the question of faith versus reason. Now, this is an X episode, so I am responding to a listener question, and this is a question that is deeply intellectually interesting to me. And quite hard for me to wrap my head around. I actually had to think pretty hard about how I was going to address this question. I came up with an answer. I'm really interested to see if anybody listening has uh, another way to look at this or some light to shed on it. So please do uh, drop me a line on Insta or Facebook or Twitter or whatever. uh, If you have some ideas about this, this question about reason or some books to read or whatever, of course, uh, I've, I've put a lot of thought into this and, and consulted a few really smart people, uh, but it's really, really hard, really tricky. Uh, this isn't necessarily, I won't be saying, talking much about the idea of faith, but rather this sort of misplaced faith that we have in, in reason in today's world. It's sort of a very polarized landscape, you know, faith or science and very little room for in between. But I want to talk a little bit about why that's a bit of a misconception uh, and also to, um, again, address this question, which I think is is really important and hopefully uh, will be interesting or helpful for uh, Jeremiah, who sent it in. Hi, Stephanie, says Jeremiah. I've been binging your podcast and it's quick become one of my favorites. And so I find myself a little starstruck and tongue-tied, but I'll try to get to my question. I'm a reformed new atheist. And while I'm not very religious still, I find myself kind of wanting to be part of a church these days for myriad reasons. My friend was involved with Oasis, a sort of secular church, which encourages people to start local chapters and has guidelines and a process to facilitate that. They have something like five core principles, most of which are very in line with my own views, like people are more important than beliefs, that purpose is found in making a difference. So one thing that gives me pause, though, is that, quote, reality is known through reason. I'm having a hard time putting into words why this bothers me. As a student of science, I have mad respect for rationalism. It's generally my go-to tool for making sense of things and solving problems. But I feel like reason alone is a very myopic way to view the world and that, quote, knowing reality, unquote, in the first place makes a lot of epistemological assumptions I'm not sure I'm comfortable with. I feel like in trying to challenge this idea, I run up against rationalist hegemony, especially in people where I wouldn't expect to find it. Anyway, I don't know what my question is exactly. Rather hoping you might be able to help me unpack this. Thanks for all that you do. I wish you all the success. Jeremiah. Yeah, Jeremiah. So I actually feel very similarly about this idea that needs to be unpacked. And I also have a knee-jerk reaction to the idea that reality is only known through reason. I think in this process of unpacking, uh, I have come up with a couple of different ways to look at this. Uh, First, I want to maybe reword or summarize your question to make sure that everybody in in the audience is on the same page. Um, Jeremiah mentioned epistemological assumptions. Uh, Epistemology is the philosophical term for how you know things. 
so when I say uh, an epistemological preference, usually what I might mean is somebody thinks you know the world in a particular way. Science is not an epistemology per se, but empiricism is. Now, empiricism is basically observing the world and with your senses, right? And that, I mean, vision, sight, sound, etc. What you observe is the way to know things. Now, there are other ways to know things like rational. Rationalism is an old philosophical school of thought uh, that says that you can deduce, you can think of what is true just by thinking. There are logical principles and you can arrive at them through thinking and know the world better that way first. This isn't to say that observation doesn't matter, but there are differences in that which is conceived or perceived first with the mind and that which is observed with the senses, historically speaking in philosophy. So these are two big epistemological positions. Uh, There's also revelation, faith, spiritual experience, uh, and emotion, intuition, right? Is that valid? All these different sorts of questions come up when we think, how do we know what we know? Which is a huge and extremely important question. So what Jeremiah is encountering is this, quote unquote, secular church that wants to provide community to people who are atheist or no longer identify with a church and help them be in a community by having some common principles. One of these common principles is we know reality through reason. Now that's turning Jeremiah off, even though Jeremiah loves science. And it also turns me off, even though I love science. But for many people in the world, that's a really exciting idea. Reason is the best. Reason is the thing. Reason is sort of a pillar around which they construct their lives. One person who does this particularly uh, vociferously is a pop philosopher. Uh, Sorry, let me go back and put that in air quotes. Pop philosopher, uh, Sam Harris. I put that in air quotes because Sam Harris explicitly says that he hates the discipline of philosophy, but calls himself a philosopher, which is the thing. It's just a fact. So, but he's very popular. He has a very big following a podcast called making sense. And there's actually a chapter on him in my dissertation because he is one of these people who makes reason their pillar, their foundational premise of how they relate to the world. And all other ways of knowing are not important. They suck. Right. And reason is the only thing that we can rely upon or that we should rely upon. I happen to agree with Harris that reason is very important. And I think Jeremiah would as well. So what is it about this claim that reason is so ultimate that is really concerning? I think there are two main things. One is epistemological. Now I defined this for you already, epistemology, how you know what you know. There's a very legitimate question of how epistemologically sound is reason, really. There is almost a pretentiousness about thinking that your reason is ultimate or absolute. Now, of course, many people would say, well, okay, like I I know that my reason is flawed, but I still think reason is great. And I agree with you. But we have to understand that reason 
rationality, whatever that means, it seems to imply this idea that reason is the way to know the world. It implies that you have to think with logic and, and that and that's really important. But these things can be very flawed. And so we need to also have a little bit of philosophical humility and understand that reason fits within a larger philosophical question. It's not a given that reason is superior to feeling, for example. Let's take a real life instance of say a friend and I are out and we're trying to debate where to go or something. And somebody instantly says, well, I want to go to this place. I feel it in my gut. It's the right thing to do. We're going to like have a really great vibe there tonight. Or you can sit and make a chart of what the prices are, the cover prices and the prices of the drinks and who's DJing and rigorously analyze whatever. And those are two very general ways of breaking down like what a more rational, logic-based, whatever approach to this question is and a more intuitive feelings-based approach. Or you could have somebody, another person say, I had a revelation from God, this is, this is the way. Uh, and some obviously other varieties therein. There is no way to necessarily prove that this person with the logic and the facts is necessarily going to arrive at a better solution than say the person who just went with their gut. Now, one reason this is the case is that a lot of the time in looking at cognitive science and stuff kind of confirms this. A lot of the time we arrive at decisions subconsciously and then after the fact, retroactively, reason our way to them. There's a very live question of how much our thinking is actually efficacious. Many, some studies have actually demonstrated that people choose, people make a decision before they know that they've made a decision. And this applies to very short-term things and can apply to long-term things as well. Like, do you ever see a long-term decision coming up, say, about what university you might attend or which job you're going to take? You have a gut feeling early on, but you think about it a lot, and then you end up going with the thing that was your gut feeling anyway. We have really massive and powerful subconscious experiences. And there is a possibility that the logic and the reason that we use is just playing or a way to assure ourselves that the decisions we arrive at are valid and valuable. You know, in a lot of ways, reason, rationality is post hoc, a way to make us feel better, right? We're all deeply feeling creatures. This is another really big concern is when you say reason is the way to know things. Yes, I do think we should all attempt to be reasonable. But you need to acknowledge that there will be flaws in your own reasoning and you will be influenced by your emotions. There is no way to escape this. The philosopher David Hume, many hundreds years ago, uh, was very famous for pointing out what is called the, the problem of induction, which is you can watch the sun 
set or rise a million times, but you cannot know absolutely 100% for sure that it's going to happen tomorrow. But you must infer it anyway. Now, a part of this problem that is not talked about much, a part of this insight of Hume's, is that he said, the basis on which we make these predictions are actually feelings. Knowledge is a feeling. Boom. That's a fact. Knowledge is a feeling. Certainty is a feeling. Now, of course, there are logical conclusions and illogical conclusions, and that's because there is a science, a philosophy of logic that is very rigorous. But at the end of the day, when you are certain of something, you are only certain of it because you feel it. And we need to understand as a species that anything that we think, we think it in the context of feeling it. We don't feel in the context of thinking. We think in the context of feeling. That's my personal opinion. And this is sort of backed up by looking at evolution because animals have feelings way further back than humans, back in time, across the web of life, all this sort of stuff. And so we definitely in our brains, in our circuitry have feeling and thoughts. Yeah, they, they occur for sure. And I think they matter, but they're not primary. They're not as deeply embedded in our experience as feelings are. They are a part of it. And I think for me, that's one of the really big sticking issues of this question of the hegemony of reason. Now, the other main point that I want to talk about is social. When you say reason is the way to know the world, there's a very big question of politics here. What is your position and which positions are you trying to get rid of? Usually people who say, I really like the rational, tend to be wanting to push away people who like feelings and tend to be prioritizing the experiences of people who also have this value for rationality. So there are actually groups like white men who have a deep cultural affinity with reason and reason is actually historically associated with the masculine and feeling with the feminine. Now, obviously that's a very false dichotomy, but that is historically true. And when you look at these communities, these new atheist communities that are all over the internet and really all over the West, they are very predominantly constituted by people who identify as male, by men. They... And this is because of this sort of idea that we are rational and pure and above the animal and the felt. And you can refer to my last X episode podcast on slut shaming, right? Because it's deeply tied into this whole um, contest between the sexes and these sort of feelings that we have around the idea of reason. Reason has been weaponized and used as a part of this class or whatever for a very long time and to make the experiences of people who belong to other groups or who are identified with other ways of knowing the world, whether that's religion or feeling, uh, as lesser. Now, of course, these people who like religion and who like feeling still also think and still also like reason and still also behave rationally. 
But there are social elements tied up with this that are also a part of what make me deeply uncomfortable when I hear people talking about how reason needs to be triumphed above all other things. It's sort of aligning with these social movements that can be really inimical, can be really harmful. And so we need to be aware of that as well when we're participating in these things Um, and not excluding people. You know, when you really hammer on about reason, people who don't have the same kind of affinity for science, for logic, for this sort of robust whatever, um, you are alienating them from your conversations. And they could have very reasonable things to say. They just don't have the same kind of emotional, spiritual uh, attachment to it. So uh, maybe that explains, Jeremiah, some of your emotional reactions to this idea about uh, reason. Um, And I would also, I want to also point out uh, differences between personality types. Uh, There is a personality typing schema, a typology called uh, the Myers-Briggs, which many people have heard of, and which I actually happen to think is a pretty useful heuristic for understanding uh, different personality profiles that you might encounter in the world or even predicting. Uh, And one of the bases for assessing how somebody inhabits the world is a sliding scale, you know, a spectrum between thinking and feeling. And I do believe that there is some degree of personality in this. And it has been very helpful for me as somebody who is very far on the thinking end of the spectrum to engage with people who are on the feeling end of the spectrum, who lead a little bit more with intuition, who lead a little bit more with their feelings when they make decisions uh, to grow myself. And so people who want to triumph reason or have these emotional attachments to reason, they're probably more on this thinking side of the spectrum uh, and could actually learn from the kinds of uh, empathies and nuances that go along with uh, this this other side that they're sort of alighting or, or not necessarily paying attention to. I think there's a lot of wisdom to be had uh, on both ends. So that's all I think worth engaging. And this podcast, I do not want to run over long, although I could talk about this for ages. So I'm going to stop it there. Um, I do have a winner from this week's book giveaway because uh, when people write reviews of the podcast, I enter them into a drawing for a free book. Uh, Of course, you have to submit. So you take a screenshot of your review, you email it to me. Instructions to do this are in the show notes. This week's winner is uh, Alida. I think that's how you pronounce her name. And I thought I could read, maybe I'll start reading people's reviews on occasions just to you know, let you have some airtime. If you want your review to be read, then submit it if you want. This is Alita's review. For some reason, I can't write a review on Apple Podcasts, she says, but I need to say that this is a all caps five-star podcast. I found Stephanie on Well-Fed Women, my other podcast, and ever since have been intrigued by her wealth of knowledge, eloquence, and amazing outlooks on all things life. I never knew I would be into a podcast about philosophy, but the topics covered really GRT me, really get me thinking in a new way in all caps. I cannot get enough. Love this podcast. Love Stephanie Rubin. Love all the things I'm learning and starting to think about. Heart emoji. Well, that was was a big self-call. That was deeply flattering. I'm very grateful. 
I will send you uh, whichever book you choose. If you want to know which books are available to give away or just want to check out what some cool books are, head over to stephanierupert.com slash book giveaway. You can read about all the books that I like to give away. Um, and if you want to submit a question in this podcast, go to stephanierupert.com slash form. You can get to there from my website or from uh, my Instagram profile. I have created an anonymous form there. So you can submit questions anonymously if you like, and I will respond to them like I did to Jeremiah's today. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been episode number 49X. I am Stephanie Ruper. You know where to get at me at Instagram, at Facebook, at Twitter. Thank you again for tuning in and I will talk to you next week.